0: It's time for the BallQuest Mailbag Podcast, answering your questions from the General's quarters every week, right here on BallQuest.
1: Good Thursday, everyone. Welcome to the BallQuest.com Mailbag Podcast, presented by Smoky Mountain Organics with Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubbs. Don't forget uh, Smoky Mountain Organics. You can check them out online at SmokyMountainOrganics.com. Visit one of their four locations, including that Knoxville store right across from Trader Joe's on Kingston Pike. Of course, they are in Sevier County in Gatlinburg, Pigeon Fords, and Sevierville. Smoky Mountain Organics, East Tennessee's most trusted health and wellness store, focusing on natural products and organic remedies for a variety of ailments that you might be dealing with. That is Smoky Mountain Organics. All right, we got lots of questions in the mailbag. Lots of questions, not surprisingly, regarding transfers in um, the transfer portal. So we'll get started and we'll do the best we can with these questions with the understanding that, uh, Austin, this thing with, with transfers, it changes hourly. I mean, really, it, it, it's totally different than recruiting because the, the, the database of guys that you have to pick from is changing hourly. So um, we'll, we'll get started here and we'll go from there. So Shelby R14, are there any DBs currently in the portal are at the juco high school level other than joseph that we're looking at also what running back and our offensive line players are we looking to pick up as well anyone in particular thanks
2: uh, db's no i mean it's just the kid from northwestern um a- a- as for running backs i mean tennessee's looking at christian uh i didn't pronounce his last name the bill kid from uh, wake forest um you know uh, jerry mack and he have talked um To me, that's just in the preliminary stages. Um, I think Tennessee will probably go on him. And then we'll see if anybody else uh, enters the fray at that running back position or offensive line spot. But, no, I mean, Tennessee's been very selective there. You know, I mean, I know everybody, you know, wants names. Trust me, I'd like to give people names. But I don't want to, you know, give out people that, you know, Tennessee isn't interested I mean, you know, CSW ball does a nice job of following – on Twitter, when people follow people, and you know, sometimes they are interested in guys, and sometimes it's just kind of like, let's take a look and see what's there. And you know, okay, we're not interested, so they don't act on it. So, um, but that that definitely helps kind of you know, points you know, get you point in the right direction. Um, yeah, certainly. But, you know, so, so much of the time, though, hubs you know, n- nothing ever happens from it.
1: Well, and here's the thing, too, It's mean, like offering a kid in high school, right. So many times, too, some kids going into the portal, they know where they're going. They got a really good idea of where they're going when they go into the portal as well. Like the, the, the running back at Louisiana who, who just went in the portal, um, I, you know, it, it would only make sense that he's going to follow Billy Napier to Florida. He had a great freshman campaign at Louisiana. He's in the portal. It would make sense, um, you know, his comfort level is going to be with the people he knows, and, and that's the people who are now at Florida. So if he's looking to go from a group of five to a power five, uh, why not go to a place where you know the coaches? It make, makes the most sense. So you, you have a lot of those ties that you're looking at and, and all those things go into it. The, the other thing that's, that that should be noted, and, and I'm not going to get in, I don't know all of the math, um, but what, one thing that you should keep in mind with, with the transfer portal with midterm enrollees, you have to have room for them to come in at midterm too. So whatever your number is, if it's 85 or if you're Tennessee and you've self-imposed a number and your number's less than 85 and you're already bringing in 14 midterm enrollees, you got to have room for those 14 midterm enrollees. And there's not 14 seniors departing at midterm. So, you know what I mean? There's some – now, you you can count, you know, the Mowers and and those guys transferring out, but you're doing a numbers balance at midterm (laughs) with the 85. Then you are, you know, whatever your number is if you're self-imposing something, then you got a numbers balance in August with that as well. So it's not just a simple case where, hey, you know, go get seven in January because the max you can bring in is seven and bring in seven guys. There's a there's a math equation to this, Rob, that's pretty complex and and quite a bit to it. That's part of the reason why Tennessee has to be selective as well.
0: Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I, I get why fans are you know, how they are. I mean, everybody hits the portal, AP is, is this somebody Tennessee wants? Is this somebody Tennessee wants? You know, what what are our chances there? Which is a fair question. Sure. I mean, and especially when you see, you know, what Tennessee did with Hinton Hooker with Javante Payton, Caleb Tremblay, you know, John Terry. I mean, Tennessee, I mean, pretty clearly made some hay in the transfer portal last year. And, I mean, it's it's, it's a huge deal. But It's just also, I mean, every case is, is different. And I mean, and it's not always about talent. I mean, I, I always say this. I think the first thing coaches ask is why is he leaving? You know, yep. is it, is it just playing time or is there, is is there something else?
1: Yeah, and, and I think there's also a lot of studies going on out there that when is the best time to take a transfer in terms of where he's at in his number of years left, everybody, you know, every, you want a guy who's got more than one year, but How risky is it to take, say, an offensive lineman after year one versus a guy who's been in a program for a couple of years to further develop? Because if you're taking that guy in a transfer portal, you want to be able to play right away. Right. So where is that guy in terms of being able to play right away, even if he hadn't played a bunch of snaps somewhere, if he's two or three years into a program from a college development standpoint versus a guy who's one year? Is it is he a greater risk if he's really young in his career versus a guy who's midway through his career and has gone every day on the practice field versus, you know, power five legitimate defensive lineman versus a guy who's done it for just one year. Um, I I think all of those things are being looked at from an analytic standpoint, which is why you'll see some evolution over the next couple of years, I think in how schools, coaches manage and recruiting offices manage the transfer portal.
2: Well, and for me, Brent, I mean, you know, I I just, I I get tendencies of being selective. And and I think you don't want to just, you know, get bodies to get bodies, but in some instances, is a player better than what you have? They don't mean they have to be five-star talent, but are they better than what you have? If you have a D uh, we're putting on a grading scale, if your player is a D or let's say, just say, let's just say your player is a C. If you you don't have to get an A, if you can get a B you're improving. Right. I mean, like uh, that, that's how I look at it. So, I mean, like, you know, does Tennessee feel like this player or that player in the portal can improve them right. at all?
1: And then the other thing to evaluate that you have to evaluate: can your player, if you're if you're giving him a C grade with another year of development, where's he? Is he going to become a B? Or is or is yeah. he kind of the best he can be? I mean, th- those are the things that you're looking at because the, I mean, transfer <sighs> transfer portals cost. You know, you don't get them for free. Although, I mean, I'm sure. It, in, in a lot of cases it feels that way sometimes because you're talking about how you can take these seven and this that and other it, it just it doesn't happen you know in terms of getting a guy for free he's got to count at some point in time in, in, in some way uh sam smith twenty-two, thirty-three, wants to know any update about moving the auburn baseball series to nashville with the spring game and who is the fallback option at quarterback in 23 if nico goes elsewhere I don't think anything's finalized in Nashville yet with the spring game and and the baseball series. I think that's all still in some conversations that are ongoing and continuing. I think they would like to get that done, um, you know, in in the next few weeks. But but I don't think anything is completely signed off on and approved at this point. Uh, Austin, from a quarterback standpoint, where are you if it's not Nico?
2: I, by the way, I told you when we left Nashville, I thought Tennessee should take the spring game to Chattanooga. I think you could incorporate northern Alabama fans, northern Georgia fans, and I think Chattanooga would love its decent-sized stadium without being too big for that type of event. Um, and the people in Nashville, and Halton, I mean, they just were there for the bowl game. How are they really going to roll back out there for the spring game? Maybe they will. Um and I think you wouldn't some, have
0: to deal with all the bachelorette parties.
2: Yeah, and, and I wouldn't have to worry about Rob, you know, like I'm one of those pedal – pedal, pedal things. Pedal yeah. Him and Ben and Eric pedaling around Nashville. You will um, not see me
0: on Broadway with the truth. <laughs> um, so what do you got? Um, about,
1: hey, what do you got a better chance of Rob in a pedal deal or Ben riding a scooter through downtown Nashville?
0: Oh, well, Ben's on the scooter. I, I will not be in the pedal deal. <laughs> I'll be in the Gulch or Green Hills.
1: <laughs>
2: right, go to as, as for Nico. Um, if it's not Nico, I think Tennessee would pivot to Dante Moore. Uh, they've recruited him just as hard as they recruited Nico. That's the kid in um, Michigan, right? Yeah. The difference there is, you know, and, and here's the difference in, in the two, is because Nico is in California, Brent, like, he can start making money right now. High school kids in California can make money, you know. So, like, they can make NIL money right now. And so can, you know, any of those kids out there can whereas, like, you know, you're not talking about that same type thing in Michigan with Dante Moore. So, they're different in that regard. Um, But still, I think Nico would be the top of Tennessee's board. And, uh, you know, again, I think Tennessee is positioned as well as they can be positioned. That doesn't mean they're the favorite to get him. It just means that they are in a really good spot uh, as of January 6th, 2022. But, I mean, that can change in the blink of an eye. So, You know, you're competing against the best teams in college football for a kid like that. So, you know, credit Joey Halsley, who has done a really nice job there.
1: All right, Lakers 0411's got two questions here about defensive, the defensive side of the ball and linebackers. What changed Mitchell's mind about uh, staying with Tennessee? Also, have you heard any feedback on the defensive linebacker assistant coaches, in particular, their ability to develop players and recruit? Austin, you've are very clear. you been very clear for months about Williams. It's all about what he wants to do, right?
2: Did you want Mitchell? You
1: mean? I mean Mitchell. Yeah. Excuse me. I, I said Williams, yeah. not Mitchell.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's all about you know his buy-in. If he buys in, then he'll have a chance to come back. And, and clearly, that, that they've been trending that way. But you know, I don't think anything's set in stone. But obviously, if he's back here for for spring semester, that does you know at least move that uh, move the goalposts. You know, to make it look like that he, he has a chance to be back here for the fall. Um, and as for uh secondary and linebackers coaches, um linebacker's you know, I, I've heard a lot of praise about Brian Jean-Marie.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think Jeremy Banks is is a better football player than he's ever been in his Tennessee career, Rob. Um and I mean I think he was working with some limitations when you talk about Solon Page and, and Aaron Beasley. He just doesn't have enough bodies there to, to work with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I mean, I'm I mean, linebacker was a huge problem for Tennessee this year, and i you know, I don't care if you know, Ch- Chuck Knoll comes back and is coaching about You know, Tennessee was going to have have problems there. You just saw Jer- you know, Jeremy Banks, you know, I think has his limitations. I don't think he's great in coverage and you know, sometimes can get, get wrong footed. you're talking about a kid that's had 20 tackles in the bowl game against Purdue, and I, I don't put any of the struggles Tennessee had at linebacker on on the coaching. I mean, that, that cupboard w- was pretty bare.
1: Well, and here's the other thing too, uh, with, with back to Mitchell, Austin, he's not a grad transfer and I don't think he's graduating right now. So he's got some limited options. If he were to transfer again, because he's not a grad transfer, um, I, I don't know, I don't know where he could go unless he transferred down. And that's something that probably factors into his mind as well. Cause I, I don't, you know, coming off a shoulder, you know, and an injury that cost him the year. Where, where would other schools' interest be in him? That's something he's probably looked at and probably, you know, explored when, when trying to figure out what he wants to do. We'll see what happens come the start of the semester, you know, in a few weeks. Um, but, but that's part of I mean, he's probably got some limited options out there for him. Um, all right. VolGrad05 has several questions here, I think. It looks like it's a long post anyway. So here we go. Uh, what can the average fan do to get involved with NIL? Uh, I've thought about messaging recruits on Twitter that I would personally Vimeo them $250 the first of every month that they're at UT if they sign with the balls. Is that against the rules? Why isn't Spire soliciting a large number of UT fans to make monthly donations to a recruiting fund? I can't give a million bucks to a kid, but I could and would give a monthly donation to directly help UT in recruiting. It seems like we – Need a figurehead outside of UTAD that all the fans can get behind to organize it. There are a lot of UT fans ready to get involved. No avenue to do it, Austin Price.
2: They do. You can get on. I mean, there's a thread at the top of the board, you know. You can go to Spire's website and make a donation. Um, You know, I mean, I I don't think they're going to do like a monthly pull from your bank account. Like, I don't think that's what they want to do because, you know, people could decide to, you know. They don't want to give in the month of February and March. You know, I mean, I you know, I don't think you're going to see like like there's not going to be like a UT figurehead to get behind like that. You know, Spire is kind of what you know, you know who's handling Tennessee stuff, and you know that's kind of where it's at.
1: Any reason why hypo has bad time management and never uses his timeouts? It was really bad in the Purdue game. In the last drive, we had three. Um, when we waited to use the first one late and then in an overtime, he didn't even attempt to ice the kicker always baffles me that he never uses his timeouts. I thought he should have used the timeout after first down. Uh, Cause I thought it cost him nine seconds o- on that drive. Um, on the second down run, Rob, I don't think he really lost any time because they made a first down, which stopped the clock.
0: Yeah. I'm, I agree with you. I mean, I, that's, that's the one criticism I would have after the, after the first play and it did, it did cost him nine seconds, but then yeah, I also thought that he owned it after the game. And he said, that was, that was my fault. I need, you know, I needed to get his closer for a field goal. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I give him credit for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought sometimes you can go, sometimes you can go too fast, you know, and, 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 and maybe that clouds you thinking a little bit from, from time to time. And, Again, I thought he should have called timeout after the first down play there um, because it would have given him another snap. Um, but you can also say, "Hey, don't throw two deep balls. Throw it across the middle. Call a timeout. Kick a field goal." Um, and which that, is a, a, me, a it was which was is a weird. legitimate con- legitimate criticism and fair.
0: Yeah, that that to me is a much bigger thing than than the timeouts. Is you know, since you have those timeouts, you don't need to take those shots. Don't, you know, work the middle of the field because
2: I don't ever. I- It just felt like everybody was thinking this is going to be like the end of Kentucky first half. And it did not play
1: out that way. No, they didn't call it that way. I mean, they called it for a walk-off touchdown. Um, Now you can – I mean, look, clearly they should have thrown a penalty because Cedric Tillman was held. That would have been 10 yards closer to field goal range. I get that. But I don't know about calling a play looking for a penalty. I, I, You know, get the ball down in the middle of the field, get yourself in better field goal range, kick a field goal, and go to the house. Uh, which I think Josh Heupel basically said after the game what he should have done. He he should have managed that better, Austin, or Rob, as you mentioned, what was the case. Um, All right, go to the next one here. Got a couple of more recruiting questions here. Saw some Twitter action with Texas linebacker Christian Braithwaite and Jack Luttrell. Anything going on there between those two with Tennessee and I think it's Braithwaite um with the run of new portal entries any new names we've already talked about that um anyone from the fcs level to watch not name verse look there's a wide receiver from james madison that went into portal uh, on wednesday that's got over a thousand yards this year i don't know if he's good enough or not i'm sure that's a guy tennessee's going to be evaluating because they, they they need an outside receiver threat and uh you know they're, they're battling usc and texas for the kid from wyoming uh, with Flowers coming back, do you think he can make a Theo Jackson type developmental jump for next season? Tell us about Jason Jackson now that UT has officially offered him. Uh, if 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 Trayvon Flowers is going to make a jump, for me, this is my opinion, Rob. I, I want you to get yours and Austin jump in here as well. He's got to play. He just got to play the ball better. He's got to be a more instinctive player th- than what he's been. He's got to track the ball better and, and put himself in a position to make more plays uh, if he's going to make a developmental jump. I mean. The guy's played a lot of football at this level. How much bigger of a jump is there to make? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess we could say the same with Theo. But, I mean, I and I, I mean, I, I hate to be critical of kids, but, I mean, I don't think you have necessarily saw Theo be bad just so much as be average for most of his year. And I, I think you've seen Flowers be, be bad and at times this past – you know, even this past season. I just now, he just doesn't seem very
1: instinctive. Yeah, that's where that's where I'm at with him. But Austin, I mean, it looks like he played a little better down the stretch. So can he build off of that? Well, You know, we'll see.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, you would argue that, like, he didn't show great ball skills most of the year. But to me, that was probably one of his greatest attributes early in his career. Um, you know, can he take that that step that Theo made from last year to this year? Can he make that from this year to next year? Um, you know, Tennessee needs some guys to do that. And, you know, obviously he would be one of the ones that, you know, you could pinpoint, but he did play better near the end of the year. What was the other question?
1: All right. So tell me about Jason Jackson.
2: Jenkins, Jason Jenkins. Okay. He typed Um, Jackson Jenkins
1: is from New Jersey.
2: Yeah. um, Long, uh, you know, has a good motor. Um, At this point, that's kind of the things that stand out to me on film, but, you know, Tennessee liked him enough to offer. And so, Again, I think more than anything, that's one you want to get to campus and take a look at. And he's going to visit Florida the twenty-fourth, West Virginia the fourteenth, Florida the twenty-first,
1: Tennessee on the twenty-eighth. Anything going on with Jack Luttrell and the linebacker from Texas? I'm not. I'm not aware of anything there.
2: No, just Twitter. Right. I mean, just just you know, liking tweets and you know, quote tweeting stuff. I mean, normal stuff that kids do.
1: Yeah. All right. To basketball, we go for you, Rob Lewis. This is from Charlie work here. Victor Bailey's 10 of 43 from three point range. Josiah James is 11 of 50 from three point range combined. They're taking an average of eight threes a game. Why are they allowed to take that many? Why are they allowed to take threes at all? Clearly it's not an efficient (coughs) shot for them. Meanwhile, Justin Powell's averaging 42% from three point range and has only taken 36 this year. That is criminal. Why does Barnes think defense is a reason to play Victor Bailey? He's not very good at defense. He gets blown by for easy layups, uh, yada, yada, yada. If defense is really the only thing that matters, why not play Mashek instead of uh, Bailey? Why did he run ticket off? Tickets was great. Ticket was great at defense. Why does it feel like Barnes has a vendetta against mistakes made by young raw players and is completely okay with failures from older veteran players? That's the yeah, gist of the post. I
0: guess they missed two games ago when Victor Bailey played one minute against Arizona. So – He played more against Alabama because he's more an equivalent to uh, Kennedy Chandler than Justin Powell is. Um, Those guys make shots in practice. That's why they have the green light Tennessee charts, everything down in such meticulous detail. It's ridiculous. They chart guys shooting percentage in practice, even in drills, not just the five on five stuff. And uh, they make shots in practice or, or Rick would be pulling kids for that. And, um, I've, you can read a million things I've posted. I think Justin Powell should play more.
1: Uh, Austin, when does Tennessee get their third commit in the 23 class? I don't know. I mean,
0: I,
2: there's nobody, there's no stories written or any of that stuff. I mean, you just never know. I mean, like, if I had a dollar for every time a kid was going to do it this day or that day, this date or that day, and it changed forward, backwards, I mean, there's no set date.
1: All right, Uh, chances Tennessee has with Porter, Kyler, Casper, Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers, Justin Brown, also made the top schools for Dylan Gooden. Uh, Any update there?
2: Um, Carnell Tate, I mean, Tennessee's got a, you know, it's it's, it's a better than puncher's chance. Um, I wouldn't call them the favorite at this point, but, I mean, I think they're right there with a group of schools. Um, Justin Brown, I think Tennessee's right there near the top. Um, Kyler Casper, somebody that Cody Byrne has spent a lot of time with, kid from Arizona. Uh Noel Rogers, another guy Tennessee, I think, you know, feels decent about. Um, you know, I I'm not gonna label Tennessee the team to beat for anybody, even maybe even Justin Brown. Um, but I do think that they're in solid shape with Rogers, with Tate and and with Brown. And then Casper, I mean, I just can it will it, where's he gonna go? Is he gonna come west? Is he gonna come east? You know, which which way is he headed?
1: Yeah. Um, I heart Vols for everybody here. I know you don't cover Clemson, but do you see any parallels in the recent success and staff continuity there compared to the former Chavis Cutcliffe staff in the nineties? Interesting for Clemson. I'm going to take this question a little bit of a different direction that in that Dabo Rob has continued with continuity, no outside. I mean, everybody he's lost guys, but everybody he's lost from he's promoted from within. Um, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, defensive line coach. It appears he's going to go that way. Good move or bad move for Dabo from a ten thousand you know foot view? Not covering that program every day.
0: Excuse me. I don't know that. I mean, you can't say that yet. But I think it's dangerous. And the reason I, I say I think it's dangerous is I mean, you just I mean, you got unproven guys. Whereas you look at Nick Saban, and he's going out and hiring you know the best the best dudes available. I mean, I, I, I get, I mean, I, I I appreciate what Dabo's doing. I mean, I think, I think showing loyalty it, is a big deal. I mean, I, and I think that is, is a big part of what that program is about. I mean, I think you, from the outside looking in, it seems like, you know, the, the whole family thing, it's not a cliche there, but I mean, they seem very insular and supportive of each other. Whereas Saban is just, he's going out and getting the best gun for hire that's that's on the market. You know, I mean, it's it's ridiculous to think he's got two former NFL head coaches on his on his staff,
1: on his offensive staff. Yeah, I mean, I one's mean, a position coach, and the other's a play caller.
0: And I think it's been, I mean, it, it, it's proven. I mean, it, it's it's been proven to work. You go out, but I don't, you know, maybe Dabo doesn't feel like he could manage. You know, maybe, maybe he doesn't feel like he could be the boss of somebody who has won an NFL division championship and you know been in the playoffs, or got, or, or be the boss of somebody that. Like Marone, didn't Marone take Jacksonville and probably to the AFC championship game? They did.
1: With they Blake did. Portals. Yeah. I mean maybe, had, had maybe a fourth Dabo's, quarter lead in New England. To
0: maybe was not secure enough to do that, whereas Saban is is more than secure enough
1: to it Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say
0: even not counting the NFL head coaches. I mean Steve Sarkisian and Lane Kiffin were big, you know, college coaches at big time programs and Saban had no problem, you know, not only hiring them but Managing them aggressively, <laughs> to put it mildly.
1: Yes, no, no doubt. Well, here's the here's the biggest comparison to me, Austin. When you want to talk about Tennessee of the '90s and Clemson now, it's the fact that, I mean, when Tennessee was running in the '90s, it was Tennessee and Florida, and the rest of the league wasn't there. I mean, that's as bad. That's a bad of a run in, in a decade as LSU's had. Alabama was not very good. Now, credit Tennessee. They went out one. I don't want to take anything away from what Tennessee and Phillip Fulmer accomplished because they accomplished a lot but it was really a two team conference at that point. Clemson right now is living in a in a one team conference if you think about it. I mean, they won what 9 or 10 games this year? That's the worst that's the worst offense Dabo's ever thought about having. Their defense was good. They were awful on offense and and nobody could really challenge them other than Pittsburgh. That's the biggest comparison between the two in my opinion.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed and the fact that, I mean, they played some really bad football and, and kind of skated by on a couple of close wins against some really bad teams. I mean, they, you know, you're right. I mean, they, they won nine games, and they were terrible in so many ways. I mean, like, offensively, they were atrocious. I mean, Shipley was really good there later in the year, their best offensive player. But uh, DJ Uyongale, or however you say it, he he, he was – below average, the receivers were below average, their offensive line, I I said that for a long time that I thought for Dabo to flip the script, they've got to change, you know, their offensive line coach. And, I, you know, I just don't think they recruit well enough at that position.
1: Yeah, Robbie Caldwell has retired. They've promoted from within uh, with with an assistant offensive line coach. Uh, So we'll see how all their staff changes go about, how that comes about. Pine Mountain Ball might ask the best question – In this mailbag chat are you ready who is your tennessee football coach of the year randy sanders mike vrabel josh heupel
0: i think it's mike vrabel
1: well i mean yeah it's it's he's at the elite level he's at the elite level of football and he's had what 80 some odd players come through his program they still have blown some games that they shouldn't have lost Randy Sanders takes ETSU to a place they've not been to in and forever. Um, it's hard to compare the NFL to ETSU, right? But, sure. but when you look at when you look at the success, I think it's a it's a bit of an interesting debate between the two. I mean, the Titans were supposed to win big this year. Now, yeah, but not but not, not without, with Derrick Henry. Without, but not without Derrick Henry, which is a fair point. Absolutely. AP who are you rolling with?
2: I'll take uh, Randy Sanders.
1: I mean, I think it's Vrabel or Sanders over Josh Heupel, and that's no offense to Josh Heupel, but I would give it to Vrabel, just because they're doing it at the best level of football. But I think what Randy Sanders accomplished is um, is really is really pretty impressive, and we'll see we'll see where that program goes with George Quarles taking over there. But what Randy I mean, Sanders got done up there is pretty uh, pretty big time.
2: When you think about
1: the head scratching
2: losses the Titans have this year, now. The most Titans thing ever would be to lose Sunday to the to the Texans and Davis Mills, you know, and not get home field throughout. That would be the most Titans thing ever. But you now that, that they've they've got some head scratching losses, if they take care of
1: business against those teams, and this is a runaway in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, you beat the Jets, you beat a Pittsburgh team that can't score, and and Sundays you you're, you can rest your starters for two weeks. Didn't
2: they lose to the Texans the first time around?
1: Yes, yeah. they lost at home to the Texans and then they got beat by the Cardinals in the opening game of the season, which there's no yeah. no loss in that one. Um but um yeah, they the, the the Jets lost and the turnovers, I mean, I think four turnovers or something like that against the Steelers um which is, you know, something that that cost them that game. If you don't do that, then you're um, I mean, the fact that Derrick Henry is still sixth in the league in rushing and hadn't played in 6 weeks <laughs> It's yeah, it is It is pretty amazing. All right, out the door here with a couple of quick ones. Uh, the tackle transfer from Florida, Mincy, I assume he will get every opportunity in the spring to win the starting right tackle job opposite Darnell Wright, or do they see him long-term on the left side and want to develop him here? there? Got to find a right tackle. Got to find a right tackle immediately. You can flip him after Darnell Wright is gone, but you've got to get a right tackle. Darnell Wright is your left tackle of record for Tennessee. He had a really nice year, probably did not get enough credit for the year that he had uh, Austin, can you comment on where you think the Vols are with in-state old linemen in 23? I know Aiden Bussell is one of the old linemen that gets talked about some in the chats. Uh, my nephew goes to high school with him in Mount Juliet. Think he, think he couldn't be less interested in Tennessee. I, I think he's interested in Tennessee based on, based on our conversation. Yeah, we'll,
2: we'll, have, we'll have a, we'll have a full video interview with him later today. And so, yeah, to me, Aiden Bussell's at the top of the list. And after that, We'll see. Tennessee. I'll keep evaluating other guys.
1: When and if do you expect an official announcement on the self-imposed restrictions? I, I don't. I don't have any idea. I don't have. I don't have a plan. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, and then lastly, talk to me like I'm a third grader <laughs> about defensive backs turning their heads. I've seen a lot on here from all of our armchair quarterbacks, myself included, at times about our defense. Net, our DBs never turn, look for the ball, but then I've heard others say. If you turn and look for the ball, it slows you down. You either look at the receiver's eyes or wait until he puts his hands up to try to catch it when they go for the ball. What approach does Willie Martinez use in coaching his defensive backs, Rob? It's all about where you are in position. If you're in a trail position, don't turn your head, right? If no, you're not if you're in good position. Look for the ball.
0: I mean, I think I think you have to read the receiver. I think that's what Coach Martinez and pretty much everybody coaches. I mean, you have to read the receiver. His you know his eyes when he raises his hands you you've got to turn and find the ball. I mean, it's hard. I mean, you see guys in the NFL making millions of dollars that don't do it, you know, I mean, flip it on. I mean, you'll see guys get called for pass interference because they don't turn and look for the ball and run run into the receiver. So it's it's not just Tennessee's defensive backs. I mean, quarterback is a, is a hard, lonely position to play. And I think, you know, like you said, if you're, if you're in good position and you're not panicking, freaking out, trying to catch up, then you, you have a much better chance. But I mean, I think, you, you don't turn and search for the ball until you see, you know, the receiver make a move for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it is. I mean, Austin, I think it's the most difficult position to play, but because you, you got so many things going against you. Um, and a lot of these guys play a lot of these seven on seven deals where they don't call it, you know, they let you hand fight and then you get into the college life, and all of a sudden you can't tackle the guys like you've been doing in, in summertime stuff. I mean, some of those bad habits are developed there, but it, it's literally about being able to, to to flip your hips and run with a guy off the line of scrimmage, knowing that he may run a slant or, <laughs> you know, I mean, he could be doing anything to you. It's hard.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the hardest position in football, and that's why every DB coach just talks about you have to have a short-term memory. Like, a you, know, you, you can't. You, you snap clear and clear and, and, you know, and get ready for the next one because you're going to, um, you know, you're going to, you know, get beat. And, and it's just, you know, can you get up and make enough plays? And so, to me, Tennessee's got to get mentally
1: tougher at that position. Yeah, I mean, they do. And, and, I mean, I think you saw that with Warren Burrell. I mean, I think after a, enough of those on in the bowl game, and I think he was done. You know, they just didn't have any other options. to to go in a different direction. I mean, I think Deshaun Rucker, five snaps, gave up two catches on two balls thrown his way. And and I think he was – I think he couldn't recover from it. And and that's something that that obviously has to, you know, improve. And and Tennessee has a lot of question marks there that they have to work on uh, this offseason with current guys returning, new guys coming in. And who knows whether or not Tennessee can find somebody in the portal. I think they're certainly looking for some defensive back help there as well. That's going to do it for this edition of the Mailbag Podcast presented by Smoky Mountain Organics. Of course, we got full coverage of Tennessee's uh, basketball game with uh, Ole Miss on the site, full recruiting coverage. Austin mentioned the Aiden Bustle story coming uh, up and continuing to follow everything in the transfer portal as well. For Rob Lewis and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.
0: Listening to the VolQuest Mailbag Podcast every week right here on VolQuest.